Australia is doing enormous work on, in, in the framework and you know it's just wonderful to be in a country that actually at least recognises it, that wants to do something about it. Uh, I feel there's um, a long way to go <laughs> and but we need to get it right. I suppose it's like turning the Queen Mary around because we, we're trying to understand slowly but surely and get it right. That is Greg Vales, and this is episode 38 of the Blockchain Pro podcast. Welcome to episode 38 of the Blockchain Pro Podcast. I'm Adriana Bellotti, and today's guest is Greg Vales. Greg is the founder and managing director of Vales Accounting, a Melbourne-based accounting outfit servicing clients in a variety of industries, including blockchain, in Australia and internationally. In this episode, we talked about his professional evolution from working for the Australian Tax Office to founding and managing his own business. We also discussed the differences between traditional and crypto accounting, common misconceptions relating to crypto and tax, things people need to know for tax time, the Australian crypto legislation landscape, the difference between NFTs and other crypto assets from a tax perspective, and tips for accounting professionals who are yet to start exploring crypto. Buckle up and allow me to introduce you to Greg. Let's go. Hi, Greg. Hi, Adriana. How are you? I'm well. That's, thanks for having me today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here in Melbourne, finally. Wonderful Melbourne. We're back. We're back in <laughs> We're business, back baby. back in business, baby. That's exactly right. Let's uh, go back in time and tell yeah. me a little bit about your background and how you got to be the blockchain expert, tax person. <laughs> In Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Very generous introduction there. Um, look, I think um, for me, I, um, I love what I do um, as a tax accountant um, and also I do a fair bit of international tax law as well. And I love cutting edge technology and emerging new, uh, new, new, new industries. And my background was that I was... Oh, uh, background was working in the ATO and then I went out and uh, uh, worked myself into different firms and then uh, owned my own and and all along also I've had this connection with the ATO I've been on their forums and etc and I love the nuances of new and development and how they applied to the current tax uh, industry um, and I think uh, I fell into the blockchain and crypto environment by a little bit of an accident um, in the sense that uh, I had a client that came in and was ra- was uh, doing an ICO and raising about a 20, 20 million US and they got referred to me. And so as they came and they said they wanted to be in the system, they had got, uh, had, uh, got a write-up in the Fin Review. And they wanted to be in the system and they wanted to assure that there were no surprises 
in their in their taxing or administrative process, and they wanted a corporate governance in that sense. And um, and I relished that opportunity. And um, and at that stage, I, I um, it was very cutting edge. And then so I um, took it on on board and uh, applied all of those procedures and processes within the framework for them. And um, and uh, that that worked. And uh, and then from that day on, I got referred to a lot in the industry. Even so, now that brokers are referring, um, uh, brokers in the crypto are referring clients to come and see me how to manage um, their way forward in the, in the current system. And, and a lot of the ones are smart because they want to be in the system and they don't want to get caught out later on and not m- making sure that they adhere, adhere and comply to their responsibilities and don't want to have to have surprises down the track. And I think they're very smart in doing, in doing that. Um, so that's how I that's how you just got chucking chucked into the pot. the pot and you were not afraid we were just discussing no. how not being afraid of new tech is important right no I was I was not afraid and I uh, I loved the challenge I relished the challenge of it and uh, and uh, it was a great learning curve for me and uh, now I'm just enjoying the whole journey uh, that is perfect so is there a difference between traditional accounting and crypto accounting? What is the main? Well, well one of the things that are exciting as an accountant, et cetera, is the, the truth and the authentic and the genuineness of the blockchain and the accuracy. Um, and, and it's not to say, suffice to say that the old system, the traditional accounting system comes, of course, through uh, the bank feed. Mm-hmm. Everything goes through the bank system and into the accounting software and then produces valid reports. Uh, the blockchain chain, of course, you've got to extract that information from the ledgers, um, and you can still make it into meaningful data uh, at the at the uh, into the profit and loss. But there's um, there's different issues about the FIFO, the first in first out, a part of buying those tokens, etc. So there's enormous um, um, uh, mechanical differences. Um, and you've got to know what you're looking for and where to find that information in the crypto world uh, because it is far more um, spread than just one one note of a bank account. Um, but it's much more reliable with the cryptocurrency and, and understanding. Once you get the input of that, it's quite easy to download and then to, uh, to, uh, to disseminate and also get the accuracy of that information. And so. is that a general rule, both for business and for individuals? I think I think basically uh, it's not. I think the businesses still have to keep a very proper record of corporate, corporate governance of what uh, is, is going on in transaction-wise, in transactions, and, and individuals are no different. They need to do exactly the same thing on record-keeping. Mm-hmm. And this is what I say, it's, it's the same traditional aspects of what's what's in the system of keeping your records and understanding of what what's transpired and whether there's been a gain or a loss etc um, there are very simplified ways of doing that okay so what are the some misconceptions related to you know crypto tax um, that the ATO can't track your cryptocurrencies if you don't declare it so where for all would be that maybe, maybe, just maybe, uh, the ATO hasn't got a link to all of the uh, traditional, um, or so, sorry, all of the cryptocurrency aspects floating around, but make no mistake that they will. 
and when they will, they will ratify it back and will be able to reconcile what has occurred. And so you're better off being in the system than being outside the system because sooner or later the ATO will be able to signify and it'll all sync together and you're better off being in the system and... and okay, so when you say be in the system, do people have to report when they buy something or just when they sell something and made a profit? Yeah, so depending on what you're having, I mean, if you've got a, um, you know, there's a number of things. You might be um, running a cryptocurrency through a structure. So if you're doing it through a, pro a trust or a company, then you need to keep the proper records of, of, of purchasing that asset mm -hmm. or and how do you keep the asset on record in your trust or company mm -hmm. if you're a trading then and you're selling and you're making gains or losses then you have to be on revenue account and you have to show that in a profit and loss as an individual you can just keep those records of what you own and that's that's fine and it still has what we call is a cost base which is quite important the price that you bought it for and then the disposal date of when you actually then sell your tokens or your whatever form of your crypto that you're selling, uh, and then you can um, then you can uh, keep an, a record of whether you've made a profit or a loss, and that what needs to be recorded at the time of a deemed disposal of that transaction. Yeah, so very important. I know yeah. there's a, um, and that's why it's important that I, I say to people talk to a professional who knows that area very well and they can simplify it on every given process that you're doing and keeps you within the framework that you need to know. That's very important because isn't there a difference between buying a crypto asset and trading it and holding it for 12 months and then selling after that period? There's a big uh, difference in the tax that you That's pay. correct. So, so if you... Um, bought a cryptocurrency uh, um, say for a hundred dollars and you sold it for a hundred what and sold it for a thousand that and with and if it was within the 12 month period that money would be that nine hundred dollars profit would go to your accessible income and be regarded on revenue account for whatever marginal tax rate you're at mm -hmm. so if you're on the top marginal tax rate of 46.5 then you will pay that if you're uh, that on $900. If you had held that asset for over 12 months, and assuming you're not in the business of trading in mm -hmm. cryptocurrency, then you will it'll crystallise to a capital gains on disposal, and you'll get a 50% discount, and you'll pay effectively about 24, 24 cents in a dollar, right? And that's the difference on that discount by leaving it for over 12 months and understanding the rules and regulations for it. Yeah, understanding the rules is very important. Very important. And that can make massive difference to, uh, to uh, large-scale gains, you know, if you, if you plan properly and you understand the nuances of it. Understanding also that sometimes a bird in the hand is worth... Uh, two in the bush because <laughs> because what happens is that people sometimes like to wait too long and then the market is volatile and it's gone down and they could have got a gain and sometimes a tax problem is a good problem because you made money on it so 
get some proper professional advice on that um, in terms of that disposal time. But from a tax point of view, uh, that would be the, the best way to do it, but not always in life. Tax-driven issues aren't the main issues in, 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 in those decision-makings. It shouldn't be. No. Anyway, all right. So what's your view uh, about the Australian crypto legis legislation landscape? Oh, look, I think, um, and we, we had this discussion, Adriana, and I think that Australia is doing enormous work on, in, in the framework. And, you know, it's just wonderful to be in a country that actually at least recognises it, that wants to do something about it. Uh, I feel there's um, a long way to go, <laughs> and but we need to get it right. I suppose it's like turning the Queen Mary around because we, we're trying to understand slowly but surely and get it right. And that's, you know, and that's not bad. But this technology is merging and emerging very quickly and we need to be cutting edge. We also need to be advanced uh, country to know that people want to deal with Australia because we get it and we get it very quickly and then there is enormous opportunity for us if we do this uh, and do, do it in the sense of understanding our regulatory framework in both the ASIC environment and the ATO and in the finance and people understanding that this could affect every industry in, in the world. And if we get all to, onto that, that's going to be um, enormous because people around the world look for certainty. And when a country has got a certainty and got a process, then they don't have any issue in dealing with us. So we've got, we've got a window. And what kind of improvements do you think we could do in terms of really nailing that? Look, I think we have to give some of the um, um, ICOs, which are initial coin offerings that people raise in Australia, and I think they've got to be within the ASIC framework, like we do with uh, IPOs, and that we have them registered and we understand what their obligations, responsibilities, and once we have that and who's doing what, and then people will feel much safer in that. Secondly, I think that the ICOs, when they raise funds, and maybe it's 10 million US or whatever it is, uh, they get hit very hard on that money uh, in the early sense because it's on revenue account and comes in. I think if they give these ICOs, and especially if they've ticked all the boxes of regulation, they externally audited and everything else is done properly, and they've got a runway of what they're going to do with that, uh, that money and it's all validated, they should allow a, um, a delaying deferred taxing point for that maybe the three to two, four years for them to allow to use that money for the infrastructure bill for the greater good. That will throw us open to the world. Do you think um, they do charge ICOs all that money up front because ICOs market themselves as utility tokens therefore they're selling a good to their users rather than you know an investment that money yeah. that they're taking look i mean there's two aspects of it, of course because the money comes in from the ico to build the infrastructure and the environment and uh, um, the decentralized environment if you like but the an offshoot of that is the tokens that are generated from that now those tokens are accessible as well in the hands of the recipient so we do get that you know, no one's missing out here. I mean, the ATO is not missing out. What it is, is if the ATO said, look, we'll 
if that whole asset base allows this thing to grow, people are paying tax, the money's going to people that are paying tax. The only problem they may worry about is that if it's done overseas from overseas work, the money goes out. But then again, where is that money comes? It's swings and roundabouts. Mm -hmm. But there's some complexity around it. But all the ATO worries about is everyone paying their fair share of tax. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you give the stimulus to that industry through that, the runway of that, then people, it, it'll come back to them tenfold, I believe. Do you think ICOs are going to be a thing for a long time? We had that boom in 2017 yeah. and then some of those didn't really pan oh, out the way they were supposed I'm to. I'm glad you asked me that, Andrea. I think it's been my thing. I think that if we put a lot of rigor and framework and um, uh, audit, auditing um, governance around those ICOs, I think people will then come back solidly. It's just that arguably, I think there's been some uh, some unfortunate stories of some ICOs that have not been spent wisely and there's not been accountability there. Um, that doesn't happen when they come into my framework. Everything's accountable and I make sure it's externally audited. That's the environment we want. And we want the regulatory to also embrace that. We don't want over-regulation, but just process and procedure. I think then the investor will feel very uncomfortable and you know people's monies are, are taken care of. That is very important indeed. So NFTs are all the, Long you know, making the headlines tokens, at yes. the moment. Um, when it comes to tax and regulation, are they the same as the other crypto assets? Are they different? What's the deal there? Well, I think, as you know, the non-fungible tokens have a uniqueness about they're only just a one element. Uh, and I think we we discussed the the um, the example of a Monade. Uh, that particular Monade is only one type of asset. The One of the wonderful things about that is that that gets domiciled, recorded, for a unique identifier to anyone around the world. Everyone in the world knows who owns that, if that was the case, uh, in terms of a digital footprint of an asset. And again, we come to digital footprint, et cetera, and all of that. But uh, the, 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 the holding of that asset it does, is, is very similar to any other asset that's being held within Australia. But the, there's two elements of it. There's a deemed disposal of that digital asset will be on, on capital gain account unless of course that person is dealing in a lot of those assets and if he was to license or she licensed that out to someone to use the rights then any of that revenue which the owner uh, the original owner certificate owner of it of the digital asset would be on revenue account and they would have to declare that as income over time so they're, they're basically the fundamentals um, but again, there's a lot of nuances if people are moving things. I mean, that's, again, sit-down professional discussion. But fundamentally, that's how it would run. I, I, I love what you're saying here because this podcast is not legal advice, but you can reach out to Greg for legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> not at all legal. But, you well, know, financial advice. Financial advice I mean, or yeah. legal advice. But, but, it's, but it's certainly a discussion point to uh, people. There's a lot of information there to research and to look out there. But I always encourage people to sit down with a knowledgeable professional in the industry and get their proper advice because uh, for that time, they will say, 
you know, and in any industry, they'll save a considerable amount of money, I would thought. I know. Uh, as, as we talk about industry, let's talk a little bit about your peers. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, your, your firm stands out in the blockchain crypto world because you have been, you were not afraid to dive into it when you, you had the opportunity, but that's not what happens in general, right? So what advice would you give to other accountants that are looking into crypto, like scratching their heads, thinking, should I go in, should I not? How should they start? Oh, look, I think um, I think what happens is um, industry and people that have uh, had a lot of traditional way to do things maybe concerned or maybe a little bit afraid to get jump into this um, so what they've got to understand is that there's still fundamentals of tax law that apply to any of these new emerging technologies and they've got to think and understand that secondly if they can't get their head around the technology then I would strongly advise them to hire someone that does and and then get them to know and educate the rest of the team and also maybe and, and then the clients um, and they would be, it would be remiss of them uh, not to uh, entertain the thought of some sort of education in their firms, uh, if not themselves, but all of their, uh, some of, and they have one at least specialist in the area. I know they don't try to consume much time and what could they ret retrieve from that? Well, that's, that's the working on the business business element of understanding that what that could be what's what's your hope for this space um, well I my hope for this space is that it can be everything that it's uh, promising to be and it is an ex extraordinarily exciting time to react in real time with anyone over the world on a, any transaction and be able to get ready, real-time information, accessible, um, live, and make, and, and that, Adriana, in that particular point, allows sound decision-making. Right? People understand that valuable information, accurate information at, at, a, at, at appropriate time, if we're sitting in the boardroom and you ask me a question, and I can access that anywhere around the world and I have it to make, we can make some strong decisions then and there. And that doesn't necessarily happen in the traditional, traditional world. You know, we have to fundamentally go through and then find this and, you know, someone hasn't done this transaction or all that. So yes, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited as well. So accurate information-based decision making. Yeah, and and and, and educated and uh, a, tur a great turnaround in time to make those decision making and learned and 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 accurate and accurate information. Very important in the whole aspect of um, of um, an, an arbitrage for you in the advancement of your business. If you can be ahead of the curve, you're going to do great things. Absolutely. All right. Any final words of wisdom for our listeners out there? No, I, I just think that people don't be naive for those that are non-believers in the blockchain and the cryptocurrencies. Uh, there's good and bad in every industry of those things, and we all have to 
understand, be educated on it to know what is practical, maybe what you're investing and get some advice with anything, but uh, open up your mind. Open your mind and be open to learning exactly how all of these uh, elements work and run for the future. That's perfect. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Greg. Thanks, Adriana. Thank you. And that was the knowledgeable Greg Vales. Greg has such a warm personality and a real passion for making tax work for his clients. Accounting for most people sounds really dry, but Greg's enthusiasm really shines through. Tax time in Australia is just around the corner. And if you need help with that, he's the man. Greg's web and social links are on the description for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did making it. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Keep those comments, suggestions coming. And as always, keep on learning. I will see you on the next block. Bye.